Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And welcome this morning to the Creating a Prayer Culture for God. This is Pastors Lester and Sharon Hayes. Amen. We're so uh, elated this morning and excited this morning to be on the Creating a Prayer Culture for God this morning. Powerful testimony, amen, that we have heard this morning. We thank God for those testimonies, amen. That's the Phoebe uh, shared her testimony this morning. And we just give God praise, glory, and honor for those testimonies, amen. We thank God, amen, for having something to say about how good our God is, amen. And he is a wonderful God. He's a wonderful Savior, amen, who loves us so much that, you know, he's just willing, amen, to, 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 to continue to give that people may be drawn to him because of his love, amen. And so we thank God for loving us, amen. When we were not able to love ourselves, God loved us so that we could love not only ourselves, but love others as well. And so this is Pastor Lester and Sharon Hayes this year, this morning, your host this morning, uh, amen, to share with you concerning the love of our Father, amen. This is Thursday morning, June the 23rd, amen, 2022, and we're still alive, we're well, we're breathing, we have the activity of our lambs, we're clothed in our right mind, and we just thank the Lord this morning, amen, for his holy word this morning. Thank God for you all this morning, Father, we just pray now that you would just have your way this morning, Lord God, after such a powerful testimony by our very own Pastor Phoebe Davis, Lord God, of More Than Conquer Warriors Christ Ministry. And so, Father, we thank you this morning for all who have gathered together, all who shall receive these glad tidings, Lord God, these greetings from the Lord that we're about to distribute and share this morning, God, preaching your word as we are commanded, Lord God, to the people of God and testifying, Lord God, to your the revelations and mysteries of your son, Jesus Christ, that are about to be revealed and unveiled, Lord God, who is the God of the dead and the living, Lord God. And so, Father, we thank and praise you this morning, hallelujah, for what is about to be said, Lord God, and on behalf of you and your your way of doing things, God, which is in love. And so we thank you this morning that we will know love, we will walk in love, God, and we will share that love, Lord God, unconditionally, oh Lord God, and knowing the difference between unconditional love and Felipe love, Lord God, that love of that, that is of Felipe love is, is limited to the brotherhood, but God, your love is, is not limited, it's unlimited to the whole world, Lord God, and so may today be a day, Lord God, that people will receive your love, Lord God, and turn their life over to Jesus Christ and want to be saved because of the love of God, that they not be condemned, oh Lord God, for, for not believing on the name of the Lord. Jesus Christ. And so we thank you for love drawing now. We thank you for the power of love now, God, coming down upon this earth and men and women, oh God, turning to you in love because they're being loved by you, God. They're being drawn by your love. And so we thank you for it now. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray. Amen. Again, uh, this is Pastor Lester Hayes, and welcome all of you this morning here with my lovely wife, Pastor Sharon Hayes. And we're going to pick up our study this morning, this Thursday morning, amen, in the book of John, uh, the book of 1 John, chapter 3. And we've been on verse 7 for a minute, but we're going to continue because, I'm sorry, uh, the chapter 4, amen, verse uh, number uh, 7, amen. And, uh, you know, I was just sharing with Pastor Sharon, you know, and we were talking about uh, you know, love and how it's such a broad subject throughout the Bible. You just, you open up the Bible and you begin to process 
that this is God's 66 books of love letters that he written to his people. And it's so powerful that he would take the time and inspire others to continue to write the letter, you know, in different, uh, in different time frames and different cultures and different things that were going on. God never let the people be without his love. So he just constantly sent and inspired others to write about his love. And sometimes you saw the, the harshness of God and the wrath of God, and you one would think that, well, that's not love, you know. But a lot of times the best way to get rid of evil is to root it out, whether it be in people or, or outside of people or around people. God is always about protecting that remnant, that seed, you know, that he plans to start over his campaign for the, the, to teach the world that he loved them so much. This is why he do these things. And a lot of times we don't understand the wisdom of God because we don't operate in the love of God the way he does. You know, when you own something, you know, and, and, and everything about that something you own, then you can demonstrate your love to word as you please, whether they understand it or not. But it behooves a believer to understand that God chastens those whom he loves. You know, and sometimes, I mean, as he did with his people because of, uh, you know, them not loving him back and he had demonstrated his love by providing for them. He just sent them into bondage and in captivity. And in captivity, a bunch of them still refused to turn back to God and accept that love. And he did it because he loved them to get them to turn back. He ended up divorcing them, according to the book of Hosea, uh, chapter 6. He divorced them. Amen. And, and, and he tells us through that prophet, you know what I'm saying? That's what he did. And he continues to do that today because God don't have time for people to reject and refuse. Because he said, hey, if you keep doing it and you're standing in judgment, I'm going to deny you. I'm, I'm going to deny you before my father because you rejected me before men. And so now is the one window of opportunity that we get to receive the love of God, the Holy Spirit, who is in all believers, supposed to be in all believers. But a lot of times people don't know how to receive him. They don't know how to be baptized in him because a lot of times it's not being taught. When people get saved, we don't tell them about the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we tell them about the Holy Spirit. The first thing they forget about is the Holy Spirit. So how are you going to know that God is continuing with us? He's given us the spirit of truth, the paracleto, to walk alongside of us. Why? It's so that he can produce the fruit of the Spirit called love, peace, joy, righteousness, temperance, self-control, meekness, gentleness, you know, faithfulness, all those uh, things are fruit of the spirit as we read in the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23 the King James Bible it doesn't just pop in and happen automatically you know it's got to be developed and grown in us man and activating us by the Holy Spirit this is one of his jobs and he has nine gifts to accompany that to complement those gifts those fruit of the spirit so that the body can be edified and built up and matured in the work of ministry you can't do work in ministry without love it's just not gonna happen, you know. You're not. It's not going to happen because we're going to have to put up with some stuff. Why? Because they did Jesus the way they did him. Amen. And he still loved them. He still forgave them. You know. You're gonna. They're gonna puff. He suffered persecution because of the love of the Father and the love he had for us. He understood the mission. He understood that love was so powerful and that love was eventually to overrule what was done to him. The persecution. We have to understand that going into ministry, going into life in Christ, is that hey. There are going to be haters out there that's going to hate us because they hated him. But the love of God will rise above. It, it, it'll raise up every ship. It'll raise up every individual, you know. 
And so it's all about that love and the power of that love. And so we're going to talk about love. We're going to exhaust the subject about love before we move forward. We may be on verse 7 for a while. As long as it keeps yielding uh, revelation about love, we're going to talk about it. We're going to teach about it. This is a... If the Bible said now about it, faith, hope, and love, these three, the greatest of these is love, then we should talk more about love than anything else. It's the greatest. And it's the it's the thing that's lacking right now in the, in the earth. In the ranks of humanity right now, hate is prevailing. Hate is prevailing. It's causing people to murder people. It's causing people to hate people. You know, it is, it's Christian people, you know, bashing people, you know, just hating because they're, they can hate. And it's because they don't know love. They don't know the love of God, even though they confess God out of their mouth. There's no love in their heart. So it's like sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. It's like looking through a glass and only seeing in part. And God wanted uh, want the full-blown picture of him, his son Christ Jesus, on that cross. You know, his, his whole body was crucified. It was all of his blood that, that, that was shed, you know, to cover the sin. That's how gross and mass it was. It, it took him to get on that cross and die and then to say father you know forgive them for they know not what they're doing it took love to endure that pain that suffering you know that hurt that aching looking at those people down there knowing those were his accusers those were the ones responsible but there was another higher calling on his life and he knew that too and he knew hey i, I love my father so much i'm going to endure this pain i'm going to endure this suffering I will not fail my father who loved me, who chose me, who picked me to be able to come and do this, to redeem and reconcile sinful man back to him. That was in, in the natural world and sense was undeserving of love, undeserving of grace and mercy. But because of God's love demonstrated, we can say what manner of love is this that a man would lay down his life and offer us opportunity to be his friend. Meaning, you know, hey, if I love you, be my friend and love like I love. So that you can be in the triangle, in the vertical alignment of love with my Father in heaven, you and, and, and me and him and I. And the Holy Ghost is there to just help us to be able to develop and grow that love in our hearts uh, as he is shedding it abroad in our hearts, you know, so that we will be able to accomplish, uh, you know, the ministry of love, powerful ministry. Everything we do, preaching, teaching, giving, you know, living, it's based on love for the Father. Amen, because he first loved us and he chose us. And so in this text, in verse 7 of the first book of John, chapter 4, it says, Beloved, let a us be love one another, for love is of God. I love when I hear that, it just does something to me, for, for love is of God. And I can say God is love through and through. And everyone that loveth is born of God. I'm choosing to love every day and know it's God. I'm knowing God as love. You know, I know him as, a, as my healer, my deliverer, my savior. You know, all these are tenants of his, of his love. All these are occupied and manifested by love, you know, knowing God. And it proves that we are born of God and we know God. Love does that. Love demonstrates that. Love proves that. Love reveals and unveils that. You don't have to struggle. If you know that no matter what is happening to a believer on this earth, it's going to be done in love because God is love. Now, unbelievers, they're not going to quite understand the love when they're, when they're being punished and they're dealing with the wrath of God. It showed that just like in the book of Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, around the eighth chapter, when he said, I did this to force you to turn your heart back toward me and understand that man cannot be out here living by bread alone, but you have to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know, learn that love level. Study that love level. 
so you will know that everything God is doing, it is to demonstrate his love to you so that you don't drift further and further away from the love of God. Because his intent is, as he told Paul in the book of Romans chapter 8, to have man and to know nothing can separate you from the love of God. You can pull away and suffer consequences, but nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Things present, things coming, future, nothing. Life, death, nothing can separate us from the love of God. We might separate from it, but nothing else can separate us from the love of God. Nobody's going to love us like Jesus. But you do have a will. Just like he told Hosea to prophesy about his people. He divorced them because they forsook him. He didn't forsake them. They pulled away from him. They went after other gods. And it's the same thing we're dealing with today. People are going after their own way of doing things, their own understanding. They're trying to manufacture a way when love is the way. It's the more excellent way, you know, revealed to us by Christ Jesus, you know, the Son of God, Messiah, Christ, the anointed one, God's love uh, gift to us, his love offering for us, his sacrifice for us, you know. And the world, man, is trying to manage. They, they have a definition of love. But it don't even get it don't even get close to God's love. He said that that is higher, that is greater. There's nothing greater than that, you know. And then the other commandment is that you love your neighbor as yourself. And so, you know, God has already defined the type of love that He's going to respond to. It's the same kind of love that He gives. It's the same kind of love that He requires, unconditional. And He and He gives us credit. He said, "You're going to love your neighbor as yourself, but first you got to love Him." We even struggle loving our neighbor if we don't love Christ first. It'll be limited, you know. It'll, it'll rise to that level of Felipe love, but it won't get to that unconditional love until we choose to love everybody all the time, unconditionally, in every situation and circumstance, regardless of what they do to us. None of us have suffered the way Jesus has to be able to bring forth his Father's love for the world. Still doing it today. He's still that high priest intercessor of love <clears throat> sitting at the right hand of the Father, still loving us and turning to the Father every time we mess up and interceding for us. Now, that's love. Just keep giving. Never stop giving in this world, also in the next world. And so it says there, you know, this is how we prove that we are born of God and that we know God. Jesus demonstrated so well when he came down in love. Uh, we talked about love, brotherly love, that requires a special teaching so that it does not get confused with unconditional love of God. We also talked about love and we give examples of brotherly love according to what is written in the word of God for our learning. Uh, we talked about in the book of Acts chapter uh, 20, verse 38 of the King James Bible, sorrowing must, most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more, and they accompanied him in, uh, onto the ship. Now, we know this was Paul. Paul's getting ready to start his missionary journey. He's working his way to Rome. Remember, he said, I got to go to see Caesar. Paul wanted to carry that message of love based on truth through faith that he would get to Caesar. Now, he had to shed, shed sail some very rough waters to get there. He had to put up with some characters to get there. And in that, Paul had already accepted the fact it might cost him his life. See, love will prepare you for the cost in your life because you know you've already been paid. Salvation is the greatest payment out of love that the Father has given to us. And so Paul was thinking at the time, since I loved Caesar so much before my conversion that I did his dirty work, 
I need to go back now and share the good work with him that I'm doing now because of the love of the Father. You know, I've changed bosses. I, I have another command in chief. I'm working for someone else now who loves not only me, hates nobody, as Caesar hated the Christians and didn't want them talking about Jesus because it threatened his, his, uh, his kingship. And Paul got to go tell him, there's one higher than you. I love him more now. He's the one that have called me. He's drawn me by loving kindness. And I got to get there and tell you, this is the truth. It's not the truth that I was doing for you. That wasn't based on love. That was based on hate. And Paul said, I was wrong. I was wrong. The love of God found me on the road to Damascus. You know, I was down on my face, blinded by the glory of the love of God that came through his son Jesus as he spoke to me. I heard that voice. And it didn't initially sound like a voice of love because he was telling me that I was was kicking against the prick. I was persecuting him because I was hating the saints and I was having them persecuted and having them brought to, to, to trial for talking about Jesus, the love of, of the world, you know. And Paul said, now that I have been changed by that love and converted by that love, I have to go to my old boss, per se. I got to go to Rome, and I got to share this with Caesar. The Spirit has revealed this to me. I've got to go and share this. Now, Caesar might not accept this as love, but God is sending me there in love, putting myself through these dangerous waters, selling these dangerous waters. And they put Paul in that boat as a prisoner. But he was a prisoner of God's love more than he was a prisoner of man, ability to put chains on it and hold it, taking there to be tried. Paul already had the message in his heart. Remember, God shared that abroad in his heart by the Holy Ghost. He was filled and sealed, man. He was the real deal now. He's operating in love. You know, got to go through some things, but he was willing because he loved God now in his conversion. You know, and if we truly have been converted, just like the scripture said, this is how we prove that we know God, you know, you know, by that love, you know, that we're born of God. Paul is not proven by sharing on these rough waters that he got to sell. All this persecution around him, people want to kill him. And he's in change, y'all. But he ain't acting like he had no change because let me tell you something. Just because your hands and your feet and you're restrained physically and you're in change, maybe even in prison, that you can't put no change on a heart that's full of love. It's like people sometimes say, I wish they put prayer back in school. They took prayer out of school. And I used to tell people, and they used to ask me how I felt about that. I said, well, politically, I can talk all day long about how messed up it is. I said, but spiritually, they can't take prayer out of your heart. You know? So when you go in school and it's in your heart, whatever's in your heart, you take in school. But prayer is in you. They can't, they can't, their rules and regulations can't reach your heart, or they shouldn't, because you have the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. They don't have to hear you praying. That's the problem. Y'all always want to be heard saying something, but you don't want to be seen living anything. And God is saying, let your light so shine that men will see your good works and they too will glorify our Father, which is in heaven. I put love in your heart. You can pray in your heart. You can pray silent prayers, thought prayers. I do it all the time. And then when it's time for audible prayers, I pray audibly. You know, they can't take that away from us. That's a that's a ministry that God has given us. My people that are called by my name, if they will humble themselves and pray, stop blaming the government. Take so what they took that ability to pray openly out of school. I'm up in there, so I'm praying all the time. I'm there. They don't have to know it. Now, if I get a chance to tell them I'm praying, 
I tell them, I'm praying for the schools. I'm praying for teachers. I'm praying for students. I'm praying for the janitors. I'm praying for the maintenance folks. I'm praying for everybody, bus drivers, everybody that's got some involvement with the school. I'm praying for you because of the love of God that's in my heart by the Holy Ghost. But Mr. But Mr. Davis, I heard I had heard you pray. You want to hear me pray? Okay, here we go. Boom. You know. But I'm still praying whether you hear me or not. God hears me and answers my prayer and show me great and mighty things. I'm praying out of love for him and love for you all in that order. Love for God first and not love for the brother. Love for you all. Greatest two commandments. You know, all the rest hang on that. And so we see right there what Paul is saying, you know, he's saying, you know, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake. See, when, when, when you when you carry in God's word in your heart, man, with love, when you look at the conditions around you, those who are responsible for having him in chains that don't quite understand, but they're going to get a wake up call on this ship because there were 278 prisoners also going to prison. I said they was going to federal prison. You know, they were taken from jail. Now they're on the way to federal prison, and Paul is in the midst of them. But see, Paul is a different kind of inmate, y'all. He won't feel with the spirit. And Paul was beginning to sorrow. See, love will cause you to lament when you see trouble and struggle. Some folks just blow it up and say they so they deserving of it. They shouldn't have came here anyway. They shouldn't be here anyway. You know, Christian people, Christian people, you got some people, man, that was campaigning hard, giving big donations to Trump to get in office so he could build that wall down there to separate them immigrants from coming to this country, man, and tasting the love of the American dream. You know, they felt like, you know, that was God moving them to come across the Rio Grande and put themselves in harm's way to try to get them and their family out of those hateful uh, countries and, 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 and places that they were living. Horrible. No love there. No wonder they was running. They were trying to find love. And they heard that America was compassionate and loving toward immigrants because we are a nation of immigrants. And they embraced that. And they put their lives in danger. And this is what Paul is seeing right now. Some of it, Paul is saying, I contributed to this misery. And he sorrowed, you know, he sorrowed in his heart, most of all, over those words which he spake. Some of Proverbs harsh at times. Now he, you know, he, he, he's speaking as an oracle of God, ambassador of God. And so he was dealing with his own flesh, his own weaknesses. You know, y'all know what he said in the book of Acts chapter 7. He said, look, man, the things that I know I should do, I don't do. There's a war going on. I'm entangled inside, you know. Paul, Paul is not quite yet fully understanding what he had been apprehended for and who he had been apprehended by. And he said, I, I, I'm going to count everything else down so that I can know the one in my suffering that have apprehended me. When I look at how he suffered out of love and compare what I'm doing, you know, supposed to be out of love. My love don't even reach a third of the way to what he did. I sorrow over that. You know, I hurt people. Now I want to do everything I can to help save people from that hurt. He sorrowed, man. And he got these 278 prisoners. The ones, the crew probably that was in charge of the ship probably beat them every time they acted, did anything to, you know, to put fear in them. Paul didn't do it that suffering with them. Paul, they saw Paul. They saw Paul was so cool and calm under pressure. All he did was sorrow and probably began to cry out and pray to God, right, so that they could see his faith in God. 
they could hear his faith and go out there on them open water. And then they may have told Paul, don't you pray in that name. And he still probably prayed, lamented, sorrowed. You know, they didn't, everybody didn't have to hear it, but he knew God heard it because through the night many times when there was trouble lurking and they were about to crack, Paul would get a word from the, from the Lord. He'd get a revelation. The Holy Spirit would speak to him. Paul would tell him that next morning. He said, why are you sitting so calm? The waves don't got to be so high. They're coming in. They're going to break this little ship apart. And Paul said, you know, hey, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me last night. He told me to tell y'all, let's take it easy. Let's relax. You know, this ship might get destroyed, but none of us will be harmed. My God, Jesus, talk about love, you know. And so he's sorry and spoke those words that sounded like he was sorry for them. That's what love would do make you sorrow in places where you used to hate that they should see his face no more and they accompanied him onto the ship look at that picture paul is now leaving a congregation behind now he put people in charge that had been with them that he had taught because you got to remember now he's going to all these churches before he he gets taken to prison he had been allowed certain certain liberties and he preached up a stone mars hill winning them he preached up a storm. He taught people. You know, he poured into people. He imparted into people. He raised up sons in the ministry. And then he put them in churches that he had planted, and he moved on to higher and bigger things. Love will do that to you. Love will elevate you sometimes when you don't even realize you're being elevated because of all the trouble and the struggle that come with it. We used to a higher level, higher, a bigger devil, you know, more devils, something like that. And here's Paul, you know, he, he he's sorry that he's leaving these people. Because he's praying and hoping, I believe, that they're going to be able to endure because all these heretics and all these apostates are going to come after he leaves. These same false prophets that ran out of there when he came. But he's hoping that he planted enough foundational principles of, of love and of the gospel there and the ones he left in charge that they would endure hardship like a good soldier of the Lord. The Timothy, you know, the, the Barnabases, the Marks, all these people that had been with Paul, now he's leaving. And he's leaving the work to them, the Phoebes, you know, all these people. Now he's headed to Rome. He's got to go see Caesar, you know, and share with him the good news of the gospel. So he's sorry that he's leaving, but he's also sorry that he's going, you know, because he's going to be in a ship with prisoners. And he don't really know um, other than God protecting him what's going to happen to him. So he's hoping, you know, and that they should see his face no more. Sounds like Paul realized I could die and never come back. You know, so he's letting them know you might not ever see my face again. You know, you just might not. It just could cost me my life. This love that I now go to share, it could cost me my life. But it's worth it, you know. And they accompanied him onto the ship. You know, some went with him, you know. I, I, I said it right there. Maybe some of them said, hey, if I'm going to die with Paul. I'm going to ride away with Paul. Now, they may not have let him stay on the ship. I don't know. They might have jumped on there to give him hugs and holy kisses and all of that. You know, I don't know. But somebody make a statement like that, you know, and you feel like you want them to know, take my love with you, Paul. I appreciate what you did while you was here. I appreciate what you gave. I, I make a statement sometimes, and I say people, sometimes people with you don't always, they're not always for you. You got to get used to that. In ministry, you would encounter that. But everybody that stayed with you is not necessarily for you, you know. But see, some of these folks right here with football all the way to the end. Now, everybody wasn't. There was some people that Paul hurt badly that hadn't let it go yet. But see, love would cure all of that, you know. 
And so he goes on in that. That's the book of Acts chapter 20, verse 38, the King James Bible. And then in the book of Romans chapter 16, verse 4, the King James Bible says this, who have for my life laid down their own neck, necks, meaning more than one, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. <laughs> this is Paul, y'all. Look at the change. Look at how love will convert a hard heart and a stiff neck. Look at how it will turn it, make you feel the. It's like you're going from being so hard hearted and so stiff neck, you're being turned into flesh that feels, okay, that re that responds to the pain and suffering, especially sometimes when you cause it. And so Paul is is, is feeling the pain and the devastation now of what he caused. And now it's being caused to him, you know? And so he's relating to it now, <clears throat> you know? But he's also in the midst of this suffering and this pain, you know, feeling like his neck is being stepped on, feeling like, you know, he got a rope around his neck, you know, like something is choking him, you know, as he said, I have that thorn in my flesh. There are some things here that Paul is just wearing Paul out. But look at what Paul said, you know? Hey, he says, who have for my life laid down his own, uh, their own neck. Paul is now appreciating the people that sharing that are willing to get on the ship with him. That not only that that's not only with him, but they are really for him. Yeah, you know, they they believing in him. They're being converted because of him. And Paul is processing. Man, the hurt I caused you, and y'all want to follow me. Y'all want to suffer. Y'all want to lay your neck down for me. Y'all want to put yourself on the line like that for me. It's got to be a God. This is the love of God. Because I didn't do it. God do y'all just want to suffer with me. And if you suffer with me, you're going to reign with me. You know, Paul is looking at them and saying, if we suffer with Christ, we all going to reign with them. Look at y'all. You know, look at y'all. You're seeing my suffering. You're identifying with my suffering. Y'all willing to lay y'all neck down, lay y'all back down for the gospel. Now, this is for the sake of the gospel here. They're all got that common. This is the commonality here. They're all coming into the, you know, to the statue of the full, you know, the full statue, the picture of God. And they're knowing that suffering is a part of it, you know, because Paul is suffering. Unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles, all these churches that had not been called Christians in Asia Minor. All these churches who had now received that initial blast of the gospel coming from a man who persecuted the churches. All these Gentiles that have been converted now, making up the churches that Paul had been to, Church of Philippi, Church of Ephesus, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, all these churches. And Paul is realizing, I got to make such an impact right now because I might not see him again. I might not see him again. But I got to also let them know there's something involved in this. When you're trying to you know, minister, minister to people about one that loved them so much that he gave his only begotten son, the God that they thought they knew, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that they thought they knew, you know? And Paul is saying, look, if you serve him, anybody that try to live for him will suffer persecution. We are, look at us, we are living witnesses of that. We're being persecuted right now for his name, say Paul said. Our necks are being stepped on. We're being mortared. We're being killed. Paul said, I was responsible. I know I've been there. I got the t-shirt in the hat. I caused a lot of it. I know what that's about. 
but I know what this new this new call on my life is about too. I love this more than I love that. You got to love him more than you love the world. Be in the world, but not of the world, Paul is saying. And in the world, there's going to be trials and tribulations. But be of good cheer because he's already overcome it. His neck has already been stretched. You know, he's already been, been persecuted for our sake, for, for us. Amen. Praise be to God. Saints of God, I just want to take this moment out just to thank everyone. Amen. For tuning in each and every morning as we continue to send this word of God out to the people. As you enjoy your listening. Amen. To all the different types of platform that we have available for the Creating a Prayer Culture for God podcast. Amen. We thank God for Anchor. FM. We thank God for Apple Podcasts. We thank God for Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Himalayas, and Casbah. These are different platforms that is out there that is able to sponsor and for you to be able to listen to the podcast each and every day. So praise be to God as we continue on to learn to grow in the things of God and know that everything is in God's timing. Now let's get back to the message. Have a blessed day. said now is our time and i give thanks to him i give thanks to you for wanting to follow him you know and be the church the gentiles that have been grafted into the to the, to the body of christ adopted children you understand now you know that we are the bad the bad out of brand but because of him we've been adopted as children of god and as many of us receive him he's going to give us power to become i'm becoming paul said i'm not there yet does not yet appear what I'm going to be. But one thing I know, Paul, is that I'm not all that I'm going to be. And I'm working now for my crown of salvation so that when I see him, I'll recognize him. He'll recognize me. Why? Because I'll be just like him. I'm working for my crown, Paul said now. And Caesar can't give me a crown. And so, you know, he, 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 he's, he's amping it up, man, to let him see the power of that love. And, 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 and you know, this is another distinguishing thing about God's love in Paul, motivating Paul. But Paul is also uh, encouraging them in brotherly love. So you see both you see both levels of love right here being unfolded. You know, Paul is operating out of the love of God. He's blinded to everything else. But for them now, he's encouraging them that we got to love each other. You know, you got to love me. You got to love me, you know. And and you can't do it unless you feel this love of God that's in you. Let that draw you to him. And if it draw you to him, it is drawing you to me because he's in me and he wants to be in you. And so he goes on in the book of Second uh, Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 11 of the King James Bible, and he says it like this. Oh, ye Corinthians. I told you, Paul went to all these churches now. Oh, ye Corinthians. Our mouth is open unto you. You got a love message coming out of our mouth, out of our heart. Our heart is enlarged. How is Paul's heart enlarged, I share? See, Paul then got rid of all the hate he had for Christians out of his heart. And now he has the Holy Ghost. What do you think the Holy Ghost is doing in his heart? Producing in Paul's heart what he was lacking when he was serving Caesar. Love for the saints. Now, he thought he was doing God's work by doing uh, Caesar's bidding. See, all that now been stripped out. All that been taken away. All that is gone. All that is cast into the sea of forgiveness. 
this is why we always tell people, don't leave that temple, man. I'm praying. You got to put something back in there. This is why Paul was able to write that letter to Timothy and say, Timothy, that the men and women of God may be 30 friends and prepare to every good work. But you got to put something back in there. The best thing to put in there is what he told Timothy, the doctrine that you can live by, going to govern your affairs, govern the affairs of those underneath your leadership. going to be good for reproof to correct them. You don't have to be out there, man, getting all stressed out correct. Just tell them what the words say. And it's going to instruct them in righteousness so that the men and women of God can be third and Paul now is a is a person that's being filled up, being enlarged, being increased in the true knowledge, the true wisdom of God so he can help people, so he can build the church up and mature the church and perfect it for the work of ministry. But he's got to have the Holy Ghost now to go through his heart and just shed love abroad, all abroad, me all the way from every crevice and crack of your heart, in your feelings, your everything. You got to have a complete makeover, Paul. Because old things are now passed away. And behold, all things have become new. That's why Paul was able to write that letter to them. When you convert it, when you start anew, old things get passed away. And behold, all things become new. Paul is walking in that now. He's operating in that now. So he's writing this to the church in 2 Corinthians. Remember now, this is chapter 6, verse 11. He already wrote the letter back there in chapter 2. I mean, in books, uh, chapter 2nd, uh, 2nd book of Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 17, the King James Bible. So he just, uh, he walking in what he just told them. Isn't that something? We now serve God in word only. But also, indeed, this is what Paul exactly what Paul is doing. He's a, he's a walking, living testament right now, an epistle, and he's living a living epistle. He's living what he what he told them, and he says it to him. Oh, ye Corinthians, okay, you know, our mouth is open unto you, and he says our heart is enlarged. Now we now we can give you something of substance. Now you don't have to fear us. Now you can experience being built up because I'm a, I'm a gift to the body now. You know, I'm, I'm speaking the word that he spoke. Life, the spirit in their life to, to build you up, to mature you for the work of ministry. I'll always be with you. But I want to make this impression on you so that when I'm not with you, I'll hear about your faith. They'll give word to me. And I'll rejoice about it. And I'll be glad because then I'll know my labor was not in vain when I was with you. That love keeps giving through you, the church, the churches. He says, you know, in my heart, I can't help it. My heart has been enlarged to accommodate you while I'm with you. And even when I'm not with you, I'm still in my absence going to write letters to you to encourage you. And I'll, I'll find other believers along the journey that can get those letters to you and you can keep publishing them in the church until you become mature in the things that I'm sending you to publish. You know, that's love in action. He goes on to say now in chapter 7 of the second book of Corinthians, verse 3, I speak not this to condemn you. Not anymore. That's over. That, that history is gone. I'm a new creature now in Christ Jesus. I'm walking in love now, not hate, not anger against the saints. But I have said before that ye are in our hearts to die and to live with you. You know, ye are in our hearts to die and to live with you. Paul is saying, look, what I'm telling you, I'm willing to die for. But I'm also willing to live for. And if you're not willing to die for, you shouldn't be willing to live for. Like a two-edged sword. 
Paul understood, I could die for this. Because if you try to live God, you're going to suffer persecution for his name. So Paul is on the level with them. See, love will make you tell the truth. Love will make you not operate in fear. It don't sound like no fear here of life or death. You can't have one without the other, other in ministry. The only fear should be reverence to God because he don't give us a spirit of fear. We know where fear comes from. And some people are just afraid of being afraid. And Paul is trying to relieve them here for this, this new walk that they're coming into, this new way of doing things. And Paul is telling them, hey, look, look God ain't going to give you no fear now. He, he told Timothy that. I'm pretty sure he told others in the church, too, who was a little bit shaky about, you know, we could cause, this could cause us our life. Well, let me tell you something. If you are afraid of offending the enemy, you will never be able to know the truth or be honest enough to tell the truth. It's not going to happen. Anyone who's afraid of offending or being offended will always struggle with the truth. You won't be able to tell the truth. You won't be able to know the truth. It won't even phase you. You know, the truth offends, but it offends the right ones. It shouldn't offend us. You know, I said that truth. He said, so some is going to be an offense. Others, it's going to be freedom. Gonna set you free, and Paul is telling them, "I speak not this to condemn you, but I have said before that ye are in our hearts to die and to live with you." So Paul is saying, "I'm dying to all those feelings you have to do, and you gotta do it daily. You gotta account yourself as sheep for the slaughter daily. You gotta learn to die daily. See, if you don't." probably going to live a life of continuing in sin. And that's a different kind of death. The wages of those sins is death to get to God's eternal life. And so Paul is saying, die to the things of the world now so that you don't have to die eternally later because of the things in the world. You, you, you love them more than you love God. Be in the world, but be not of the world. Not the lust of the eye, pride of life, lust of the flesh, you know. Be free from that by the truth. And he goes on to say uh, in the book of Second Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 15 of the King James Bible, as we move to close this morning, he says, And I will verily, gladly spend, be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Paul said, I'm going to pay a price for loving you all, I already know. Jesus paid a price for loving us. I now know. Mm-hmm. Now it's Paul that it's my time. Mm-hmm. You know, but his grace in the midst of dying daily is going to be sufficient for me. Well, if it's going to be sufficient for me, it's going to be sufficient for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and so he, he, he just landed out there, man. He said, I will gladly spend and be spent for you. Isn't that powerful? See, this is what love will make you do. It'll make you be glad about suffering for Christ. Glad about doing things for Christ. Glad about dying, David. Glad about being persecuted. You know, it's because everything that we have received before we came to Christ, we didn't deserve. Everything we receive after we come to Christ, we don't deserve. Because it's not based on my merits. It's not based on my good looks or my education. Or well, it's based on the finished work of Jesus on that cross. 
All I have to do is just choose to walk in that way. Walk in that light as he is the light. Letting my light so shine. Letting his word be a lamp unto my feet and light in my path. Letting his word enter in to shine light in my life so that I see the things I need to get rid of, the things I need to work on, the things I need to have changed in me. All working out the good for my salvation. And I have to be able to die daily so I can do it and last to the end, so I can see what the end going to be. But I don't have to wait there, wait then. I can go ahead on it because I'm serving Alpha and Omega. So Paul has already been there in the spirit. He already got caught up in the, in the, in the, in the, in the third heaven. So he done seen it, just like John on the eye. They saw it. God revealed it to them. Why? Because he knew their hearts was to, you know, to be full, to obey, to abound, no matter what situation they found themselves in, to be there with content and suffering, you know, abounding, but not complaining, bickering, and murmuring like the children of old, the Israelites. They knew those lessons during the provocation. They knew what happened back there to their folks. All of them knew they wouldn't dare go there. They would rather suffer for Christ's sake so that they could reign with him, die for him so that they could live with him. That's the message of love, you know? Mm. And so he says it very clearly, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. You know, he says, though the more abundantly I love you. There's that brotherly love right there. But he, he, he will be gladly spent and spent for them. See, that's, that's like Paul right there putting himself in God's son, son Jesus' shoes. Paul is, Paul is now identifying with Jesus' death, burial, and with Jesus' death and burial and his resurrection. That's what he's doing now. He's saying, hey, I'm going to do what he did. I'm going to follow his example. All accepted that. And so, last verse right there, amen. He says, hey, let I be loved. So, let I be loved. He said, you got to take your eyes off of me. I know y'all enjoying what I'm telling you right now. It sounds good but put your eyes on him because I got my eyes on him. And so, Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning for your word, Lord God. We just give you so much praise, Lord God, for your word, helping us to be able to distinguish between God, our love for God and the love for mankind, Lord God. And so, Father, we see the both them in order. Loving God, first of all, most of all, and then loving our neighbor as ourselves are so important, Lord God. It's like a pair of well-fitted shoes, Lord God, that if we love God, then we will love the brethren. This is how we know that we know you and that we love you, God. And so, Father, we thank and praise you for your word this morning. Thank you for Paul's confession, Paul's testimony, God. It just have inspired and encouraged us as he went to all the different churches now carrying this love message, Lord God, and, and, and accepting the fact that he was going to suffer, Lord God. He was going to spend and be spent for the work of ministry, God. But Father, as long as the message of love went into those churches, they had a chance, Lord God. Hallelujah. To rise above the hate, to rise above, Lord God, those who were with them or was not for them. And so, Father, we just thank you for the conversion of the Gentiles through love. We thank you for others that came, Lord God, to hear the teaching, receive the teaching that they were willing to put themselves up against, Lord God, that was which was not so popular in the church in that day. But because Paul brought in a new message, Lord God, one that he had received on the road to the masses, one that had converted him and changed him. And now, Father God, he was willing to suffer, Lord God, to have his neck stepped on along with others, oh God, who believed 
that they believe those that were converted uh, so that the gospel continue to be preached. And you said we ought to speak that word in love without compromise. He told them in the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 15, King James Bible, we not say, Lord, God, help us to speak the word of God in love by faith without compromise. This is our prayer this morning in Jesus' name. Even if we have to suffer, we still will reign with you. And if we die, we will live with you. We give you the praise and glory and honor for it right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.